Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen, and remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders discuss high-growth strategies and practices. Today, we're joined by Robert Cornell, Vice President of Sales for Steelhouse. Steelhouse is the fastest-growing company in advertising and presents the only advertising suite that gives marketers what they need to launch beautiful campaigns that perform in any channel on any device. Under Robert's leadership, the Steelhouse team has smoked their aggressive growth goals, consistently remaining at 150% of their triple-digit growth goals month after month. Robert, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Rob. Hey, Robert, you've done amazing things. I've enjoyed getting to know you over the last year or so, and, and we have a great, uh, a great audience that's here to listen to what makes for high-growth sales organizations. You have a unique killer company at Steelhouse. It's, it's a bit of fun one to learn about. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit about Steelhouse? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, at Steelhouse, we believe in enabling advertisers to connect with their target audience um, anyway, anyhow. And that's on, as you mentioned, multi-channel, multi-device with an all easy-to-use self-service platform. Um, and we, we take it serious and, and, and we want to take um, our clients and our partners' goals and treat them like they're our own. And we build tech that enables us to do that um, and, and have an amazing team powering it as well. Cool. I, uh, I've seen it. It is. It's, it's remarkable tech, and it's, it's really cool what people are able to do when they take control of, of that for the first time rather than being held hostage by maybe some other agencies. Um, you personally have had a huge impact. That's what happened with what's a killer growth story at Steelhouse. Can you just give us a quick overview on, on some of that growth story that's happened at Steelhouse in recent time? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it really starts with uh, kind of training and process. And, you know, the nice part in, is, is when I joined the organization, um, things were well, right? Uh, had a, a small team, but a, a team that was doing well. But how could we take it and, and make it scalable? How could we make sure that um, we built a team that everyone could have the opportunity to win um, and help drive not only towards their individual number and goals, but actually to the to the company goals. And it's been exciting, um, and, and it never stops, right? We're, we're constantly evaluating, accessing, and figuring out how can we do things better? Um, how can we be more immersed not only into the sale, but in people's uh, success? That's, uh, it's, it's cool, and, and uh, I, I know that you guys are, are just crushing goal right now. And, and the, some of the numbers that we've talked about, just the way you're 150% ahead of what you've targeted is, is, is because you've done some interesting things since you got there. Now, one of the notes that I made, Robert, was that you said you started with a little bit of a small team and you've scaled that, you've added to it. Mm-hmm. One, one of the things that you shared with me when we, were, when we met last is you kind of talked to me about your approach to building a team that kicks ass. And, per, and, and specifically, how do you get these people when you pick them, how do you get them onboarded and, and productive quickly? I, I love that. Can you share some of your thoughts around as you scale the team, how do you get them productive as quickly as possible? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously a great question. You know, we, I think, you know, a lot of things focus and a lot of sales teams and, and orgs focus on hiring and hiring is important. 
one of the things we identified is, is we wanted to um, expedite the ramp up process. And we saw that it was taking too long um, to get to people where they wanted to be, not only for them to make good money, which all sellers want to do, but actually be able to achieve and exceed quota. And so we started out by just revamping. We realized, hey, we need to revamp this process and do things different. Um, we wanted to do it different than most companies. We wanted to remove the sink out of the sink and swim um, and, and, sh- <laughs> and show them how to create success fast. And, and you have to immerse them in the sales process and, and winning situations. So we looked at, okay, how do we do that? And it all started with understanding, building that foundation of, of success, which is, you know, we wanted to introduce them to each stage of that process and get them involved and get them involved quickly so they can feel what it was like to, to be successful before they had the chore uh, of emulating it and doing it the, themselves. Okay, so you just gave me a good one. I love it. We get, we get a lot of great uh, one-liners from each of our guests. But <laughs> we got to remove the sink from sink or swim. And I'm pushing pause and going back, Robert, because I, I refuse to just blow by that one. That's just too good. <laughs> too many salespeople say we're going to drop you in the, end of the, of the deep end of the pool and we're going to see if you swim, right? We're going to see yep. if you do it. So yeah. I, there has to be a little bit of process around how did you remove that sink out of sink and swim. Are there any kind of – Blueprints on because we're going to have a number of people that say I want to do that. How did you do it? Is, yeah. how, how do you do that? How do you model that? Well, I think what every sales org needs to do is they they really need to understand their value metric, right? They need to know what what does it take to be successful. What's the first thing that that someone has to do? And for us, it was you know being able to to navigate and, and meet with the right person and know what that was like. So we just. We built it just like you would build a building. You got to start with that foundation. And so we wanted to introduce everyone, despite how tenured or experienced uh, or seasoned they are within sales or even maybe within our industry. We, we wanted to still start from the beginning because if we could show them what we've learned over years and years and years of, of being in the space and, and uh, uh, you know, someone that ramped faster or someone that's more successful and, and continue to show them how to do that. So instead of bringing them on and putting them through the, you know, a quick uh, week or two of training and then trying to get them out there with some sort of playbook and say, go get it. Um, we wanted to put them in the situations with people that are are doing that and putting them through training and saying, hey, you know what, your first 90 days are going to be showing you all aspects um, of the sale and everything that we do to be successful with all our top reps, not just one, creating the most robust mentorship program. And so they're being exposed to all these things because you can have a library of, you know, trainings and calls, but if you're not getting them exposed and having them be involved in that process, they don't learn as fast and everyone learns a little bit differently. So that was our approach. And we just saw a tremendous amount of success. You see people being excited, um, chomping at the bit to take on quota, which not all sellers do. They're, they're happy to delay that a month or two. And, and that's what that, um, that program's done for us, but we're also not naive to continue to evaluate it from and, and find ways to continue to perfect it along the way. That's another really interesting take. So you have people that while they're in this process are saying, give me my number, man, hit me with my number. Uh, that's, that's quite unique. I, I, I've been around enough to know that people like to delay that as long as they can. Um, how long do you find that you generally wait before you hit that number in your, your world? Cause I know you're having huge growth. What do you think is the appropriate amount of time to say, hey, here's the training time, your number hits you, how long do you wait? Well, they don't take on quota until essentially month four. Now, we've had a lot of people that just blow through the program. Um, they're loving it. They're overachievers and, and, and able to kind of get through that 90 days faster than 90 days. But um, 
what we found is is they're they're actually closing deals and we're putting them in situations to close deals before they actually have quota. So when quota kicks in, it makes it so much easier to achieve and they actually have a pipeline to start with. So you don't have all those pressures that normally have when you join a new org. Like how do I build pipeline? How do I make sure I hit my number first month and do all those things? Because we add that into the 90 day process. So therefore we're really kicking people out that it can hit their number month one, which for us is really month four because we want to make sure we spend that extra time and, and, and getting them prepared and developing them. Brilliant. Oh, that is brilliant. So people are, are hitting it with tons of confidence that I got this. Exactly. Yeah, that's huge. And, and so as that happens, I'm, I'm sure that in that 90 day process, do you got, do you have a way of understanding and, and having a way of measuring, Hey, this looks like someone who's going to blow through it, or maybe this person is not onboarding as fast as we'd hoped. I mean, I know you're always updating and doing that, but do you have a way of vetting that? Because that's very hard sometimes for sales leaders to know. Yeah, I, we do, right? I mean, I think there's there's a lot of assessments that go on, and we put them in mock situations too so that we can work on it and not get in a position of where when they have to start doing things on their own, they're not prepared. So. Um, we, we use that, but we also make sure that um, we, we take the responsibility serious in, in exhausting all efforts to make someone successful. So, you know, we're evaluating and creating many goals along the way and, and seeing where maybe there may be some gaps or areas of opportunity that we can improve. Um, and, and so we kind of start with ourselves and, and then dig into each one to see what, it, what it's going to take. Cool. So that takes me to a, another thought. One of the things that I, I always have looked at when you're in this world of getting people ready and, and onboarding is such a hot topic. I mean, it's, it's this big thing. If you're, if you're able to onboard people in predictable ways, it does a lot more than just give you revenue. It, it gives you engagement. I mean, I imagine that your, your retention must be good. Have you, have you noticed that the relationship between the better you train them, the, the longer they stay? Well, I would 100% agree with that. Um, anytime you're helping someone improve um, and moving the needle, even if it's small improvements, uh, you, you just get them to, to be passionate. Um, and I think they take on more and um, they work harder because they feel like um, we're invested in them, which people want, right? They want that um, they want that constructive criticism, but they also want to feel like, hey, there's a way and they have someone to help them remove maybe obstacles or challenges. Um, that may stop them from being successful. So it's helped out, but it's something that you have to work on every week, um, not just for the ramp-up process, but even after the ramp-up process. So um, we, we try to find unique ways and new ways to do that too. So does this lead to better career pathing inside the organization? Does it make it easier to promote from within rather than think you've got to look from the outside? Has that happened? 100%. Um, and it's been exciting. I mean, just the amount of people that have been promoted within the last year, whether into regional roles or enterprise roles or into team lead roles because they have desire to lead and, and, and be uh, part of the leadership team. And that's super exciting. I think the most important part of that is clearly defining those career paths and what someone has to do. Um, and understand really where they want to be and how can we develop maybe a specific plan for each individual, um, you know, that, that fits their goals to, to get there. When do you start having those conversations? I mean, is that something that happens early in their experience with Steelhouse or is that later? I mean, do you, how often are you having career path conversations? Well, it's interesting because we try to get to know everybody because everyone's motivation factor is different. Um, and I think for 
a, a good chunk of the people that come to Steelhouse, I think it is because of career pathing and opportunity to grow and maybe grow into roles that in other orgs you can't do because it requires more tenure than it does work ethic or skill set. Um, and so we try to get into those conversations to understand what are they passionate about? What, are the, what motivates them? Because it's easier than t- to help them point them in the direction when they haven't maybe had experiences or opportunities to drive towards certain roles in the past. Does it make it so those people, when they get those promotions, are more effective at coaching and helping the reps that they now are you kind of have a stewardship with? I think it does. I also think it makes it easier for, for the team um, that to want to work with those individuals when they've seen how they got to where they are. I think it helps on all fronts. Um, but, but I also think just the energy um, when, when you give somebody an opportunity and they work really, really hard to get there is, is probably one of the best benefits um, from what we've built internally. Well, I can, I can say that that's, that's no bullshit there. Uh, I've been on site with you. I've met, I've met your team. I've met some of your reps and I've met a number of your sales leaders. And, and I can say it was, it was contagious how excited they were about what they did. And I left your offices saying, okay, that's something that you want to put into a bottle is, is I believe that people are a reflection of, of their leadership. I think that people are the world's greatest reflectors. And you've certainly done that. Your team is fired up about what they do. They, they have that passion for the Steelhouse brand and the Steelhouse uh, way that you create value. So if that was one of your objectives, I would say mission accomplished. Um, do you see that that reflection yeah. happens? Do you see that reflection? It does. And, and you know, as much as we love to take credit. We have amazing people, um, and, and even outside of the team. And I think this is just a great place to be. Um, and we focus so much on, you know, creating an environment where people think they can excel and they know they're trusted to make decisions. And I think that's really the foundation of Steelhouse as a whole and why we're such an amazing company. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the team is motivated, uh, other teams internally are motivated. It motivates me every day to be a part of it and, and see uh, how enthusiastic people are to, to win and kind of that winning culture that we're all striving for and fighting for every day. And we've had some amazing months this year, hit unique milestones, and yet when when it's the, the next day of the new month, the team is equally as focused. Um, you know, the celebration's gone, and it's like, let's go get it again, and it drives me. So um, really exciting. Well, there's so much data that shows that if you hire too much on the outside just for the leadership positions, it can have a negative impact on your team because they're like, hey, man, where do I go? And so for you to say, now nah, we can groom these people and we can do it and replace them, uh, that's a pretty cool success story. Is there kind of any bumps you learned along the way on, you know, if I promote a high performer to leadership, how, how do I replace their, their performance and not have it hurt Steelhouse? Well, that's a good question, and it's always something that I'm mindful and, and fearful, right? Uh, because yeah. uh, when you have someone that's performing and helping to drive towards the number, thinking of the loss, um, when maybe you haven't uh, promoted anybody off the bench, right, to, to yeah. come step up is, is a concern. I think what, what makes us unique and where we're able to kind of um, drive past that is uh, we do a lot of team selling. And we get everyone involved, and that's just part of trying. We do that to try to create this unique, um, not only a unique culture to Steelhouse, but a unique sales culture. And so we get a we get involved, um, and and so some of those folks through those promotions are still involved because we we're all in sales, and we all consider ourselves a, a sales individual and want to be a part of, um, of that process. So I think that helps because 
not only can we have someone maybe help pull through a deal or shorten a sales cycle because they're assisting a, a, another person, but they're also able to kind of duplicate themselves, which is what you want a leader to do, that you want to duplicate the successes and the things that have worked for them and allow other people to, to take advantage of, of their learnings. So I love that. So by having the leaders be involved as this team selling process, is team selling kind of a norm or is it a one-off? I mean, how does team selling fit inside Steelhouse? I would say it's the norm. And the best part, it's it's not by mandate. It's just the way that everyone flocks together. And it's not just leaders. It's, you know, people that have been with the organization two, three, four, five years and, and, um, want to help someone be successful, want to see them hit their goals. And I think, again, it just is a, is a byproduct of the amazing team that we have and, and how we're able to cross some of the milestones that we're doing. So besides kind of having people stay fired up and connected, because I agree, I don't think there's a better way to stay connected and excited about your company than to have be involved in what the conversation is like with the customer. That's just, it's intoxicating when you get to do that. That's fun. Have you seen other benefits? Like, do you see like anything around win rates or cycle time or anything like that as a result of having a uh, team selling be the norm? 100%. I mean, we focus so much on ratios as I think all sales teams and sales leaders do and, and continue to evaluate. And as we implement things or make changes or reorgs um, to, to make sure that we have the right ratio of leader to, to team members, um, we're constantly looking at those things, and, and we've been able to do some amazing milestones on in every really specific area that we focus on. You know, the average time for us to get in front of um, that marketer that we want to reach. How many do we average on a monthly basis per team member? How many of those meetings um, are we averaging, and wh- where, when are we increasing that? And we've seen that um, the number of then deals that come out of meetings, and we've really got it down to where we know. Um, if, if an individual does X, really what it's going to generate all the way down to monthly revenue, which is exciting. Um, and what's exciting is, is, you know, we look at it at a conservative, um, basis and, and we're just blowing, blowing, um, by those numbers and increasing it month over month. The, the number of deals that, that go from meeting into pipeline and the number of pipeline that are closing and then even figuring out ways to shorten the cycle and increase the, the deal size, which is really, really important for us because we need to start out with the right budget. Um, with our partners and clients to ensure success. So it's, it's, uh, it's been a constant moving number, um, which has been fun to watch, but then figure out how do we make sure that we keep it consistent, which is important, um, in my role to figure out, you know, I want to, I want to continue to hit these numbers and beat these numbers and, and find better ways and more efficient ways to do so. So does this lead to kind of, I got to think that with this emphasis on team, and it's your culture, and everybody's excited about it. Has this led to a, a more a team where people like are more receptive to coaching? Have you seen that that's helped people be coachable because we're just used to working together? I think so. I think it it it, it helps in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, they believe in some of the people that have been here and been successful, so they take you know their feedback, and everyone's constantly sharing uh, month over month because in sales. You know, there's no magic bullet or, or, or magic formula that works and, and things are always changing. And, and I think the group shares a lot and that helps. Um, and, and we've seen that uh, it just also creates a, a unique camaraderie. Love it. Love it. Um, 
this has been fantastic. I've written down a page of notes on the things we've talked about. There's, <laughs> there's, there's like at least three things that are jumping out at me, Rob. You know, the things that are, are really screaming at me is you have a really cool approach to achieving customer readiness. Uh, you've done a very good job at creating clear conversations around career pathing and that as Steelhouse grows, your people can grow with it. And, and what I really love is this last one that, you know, it's, it's we, not me. You have this, this we attitude for we're going to grow together. We're going to get there. Any, any other thoughts as you look back on the blueprint of your success at Steelhouse? Because it's been amazing. Anything jump out at you as things that have really been catalysts for that growth? I think, uh, I think the, the biggest thing is, is, and that I think is just huge is we just try to, immerse everyone into those situations. Um, and, you know, sometimes you, you can have someone uh, have some limited success, but you got to, you got to keep the foot on the pedal, which we all know. And so we're, we're constantly continuing to figure out and we're always training and we're always finding new ways to introduce and, and help make things easier and, and using the right tools, whether it be on the leadership side or, you know, the outreach side to, to make them successful. So, but I think it's just trying to focus on, moving the needle and, and developing each individual and, and not just be, when they hit certain milestones, but keeping it going because uh, I think that's the most important part um, is that, that you're given that extra attention to, to continue to move forward. Okay. Robert, this has been amazing. And, and honestly, your growth is something that if people aren't aware of, they need to make themselves aware of because the things that you've done in building this high growth infrastructure yeah, you guys have a killer product, and it's very unique, and it grabs value in big ways. But you and I both know how you sell is, in my mind at least, more important than what you sell. And a tip mm-hmm. of the cap to you for what you've done in building an organization that's that's returning triple-digit uh, results. So nice work. I like Appreciate to, it. I like to finish this the same every time. Uh, you, 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 you know a couple of the things that we do. The first one, what would you say the biggest challenge you've, you've faced as a high-growth sales leader? You know, what, what's something that, that, that uh, you stared down and you're, you say, hey, this is a really cool story of some, some way that we've been able to, to, to have success? I mean, boy, where do you start with something like that? I mean, I, I think one of the exciting things is, is seeing people cross milestones that, quite frankly, they didn't think they could achieve. Mm. Um, cross goals that they weren't able to. And that's, as a leader, that's what's rewarding, right? That's what kind of gets us out of bed. Um, it's not just hitting our number, beating our number, but it's actually seeing individuals win, which is why I don't think everybody wants to be in leadership because that's not a priority for everybody. <laughs> but I think, you know, we just focus on that sales methodology and, and coaching and, and seeing people win. Not only has it helped us, right? We've increased our new business this year 50%. Month over month, which is huge. Say that again. You've gone fifty percent month over month. We've increased the number of new advertisers we're bringing in over fifty percent, which has been awesome. But um, and and obviously, it's just going to help us with the growth that we need. But I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, we're immersed in each individual and understanding what motivates them. Um, it's it's key and and making sure that we have that connection and and drive towards it. And that's what. Um, my amazing leadership team does week over week with everyone and, and it's, it is one of the best success stories and there's a lot of many success stories in there and individuals getting promoted, um, individuals, you know, hitting W2 goals that, you know, weren't even on their, their goal radar. But, uh, I, I think that it's just the focus that we have in, in, in that basic foundation and, and defining those areas just allow us to, to, to go where we want. And that's, that's the unique story that, um, I think that we can tell. 
boom. That is, a, I mean, for you to continue to grow, not just in headcount, but numbers, the way you're doing, and have everybody still say, I'm connected to this, and I'm going to I'm gonna be one of the catalysts for your growth, that is remarkable. Because a lot of times as you grow, you know this, some people still will feel lost in the shuffle, and it sounds like you've been able to avoid that to a large extent. So. Well, and I think, you know, if I can add on to that, Rob, I think it's, it's important because some sales teams and sales orgs, they try to go, Hey, we're going to hire a bunch of people and that's how we're going to get there. And what they, what they do is they hire a bunch and they keep a few and, and we try to hire that few and keep them. And the focus is there. And because of it, the production is there for them. The commitment is there and they're immersed into the direction that we're going. Even when we make rapid changes in the tech industry, there's so many changes that are constantly happening because you have to you have to move um, and you have to ride the wave in this industry because soon as soon as you get behind it you're you're toast and so um, I think I think the focus there is is what's uh, allowed us to do so but we we take we take our roles serious and and our focus to the to the development and, and everyone as a high priority and I think as a byproduct of that um, we're just continuing to move but we know that we have to continue to uh, assess and. Um, you know, why things are great, not assume that the, the work's done. Okay. My last question that I ask everyone, Rob, is one of the things that I find very common for every high-growth sales leader is we're all really kind of addicted and fueled by learning. What are you reading? Is there anything that that's really jumped out, like a, something that a high-growth leader ought to read as part of their kind of uh, education? Well, I'm, I'm going to make a recommendation and only, only because it's something that's um, uh, on the top of my mind and I've been utilizing um, this for, for training with my leadership team. And it's, uh, it's a book by Dan Bobinski called Creating Passion-Driven Teams um, that I think is just super important. And the reason why I feel like this book uh, relates to kind of what we're trying to accomplish, you know, you've heard me talk a lot about the, the motivation and, and everyone's motivated by different things. And I feel like this book has a lot of great ideas and recommendations. And, you know, we have some um, new leaders on our team. And so trying to, to give them ideas and ways that they can interact and, and focus on that because it, it's tapping into motivation and not micromanaging. And that's important for us with our culture. Um, we, we want to, we want to coach and we want to lead people. Um, we don't want to micromanage them because that doesn't fit with what we're doing here at Steelhouse. So, um, we, we've developed a training from that and it's, uh, it's something that, um, I think relates well here and, and with everything that we're trying to do. If I, if I told you how big the stack of books that I have that I'm still trying to get through, (laughs) you'd probably tell me, uh, I'm a little bit behind. Well, you and me both. The, one of the great things that people like about the show is this library we're creating of the top recommendations from all the high-growth sales leaders. So we're excited that that's a new one. We haven't heard that one yet. Creating passion-driven teams. We'll, we'll add that to the high-growth library. All right, awesome. so he's, uh, he's Robert Cornell. He's driven triple-digit growth at the fastest-growing company in advertising. There is no sink in his sink or swim. And here is the happy swimming. Robert, how can, how can people learn more about Steelhouse. Well, um, our marketing team does an amazing job in, in putting out content, and we're really, really focused on that because we want to be that kind of industry expert. Um, so we have so much, not only within our, our website at steelhouse.com, um, but we love to give a demo of our product. It's our favorite thing to do. We want you to see what you can access to without ever spending a dollar. So um, there's a lead form, and, and we'd be happy to take you through the product and, and let you see how. Um, it would work for you, and, and that's that's what we do, and that's part of our process. And 
So that's that's the best first step. And, and you're on LinkedIn. People can reach out and connect with you directly on LinkedIn as well, right? They can. I would suggest that you'll reach out to Robert. He's a great connection to have. He will uh, he will help fuel that uh, that journey that we all want to have for happy swimming, right? No sinking, swimming, swimming <laughs> only, bro. I, I love it. Any final thoughts on the show? This has been fantastic dialogue. Any any kind of final thoughts? Well, first of all, I appreciate you having me. Um, what an amazing opportunity and uh, and exciting to to talk about what we're doing. We realize that. Um, there's no perfect formula out there and there's, there's a lot of work to be done, but I would say as a final thought, you know, be immersed in your team, um, be focused and, and, and give that extra time and it's, it's going to give you dividends in return. Brilliant. Brilliant. As always, one of my great friends to, to follow one of the great leaders in sales, he's leading the charge and how advertising is done and, and has a team that uh, started small and is now, uh, growing uh, exponentially with over 50 people. My friend, Robert Cornell. Robert, thanks for the sh- joining the show, and, and happy swimming. Thanks again, Rob. Welcome back to the So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down the interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation matter? I hope you love listening to Robert. Robert is awesome. There's a reason why his company has become the fastest-growing company in advertising. I, I loved that conversation for so many reasons. And I went back to listen and I took the notes and I broke it down. It's obvious to me why he's having so much success. And he gives us the secret early in the interview. He said, we are removing the sink from sink or swim. Now think about when you're teaching a child to swim. You put the little floaties on their arms and you make sure they, you know, they get comfortable in the water. And then you start going from there. You help them with a kickboard. You teach them to float. You learn how to move yourself through the water a little bit. Next thing you know, they're going from one side of the pool to the other, and then you're uh, taking them so they're going in the lanes, and they're doing different strokes, and they can do all kinds of things. And they move from being able to just not drown to being able to swim on races, and, and, and next thing you know, they're winning awards. That same approach is why he is creating award-winning salespeople. I loved thinking for a minute, how did Robert take sink out of sink or swim? And he laid out a clear blueprint for us. To me, there are three things that I wanted to wrap up in our So What today. And and I hope that this helps you as you think through what you're going to do with your team uh, through the second half of this year and beyond. Number one, Robert's success in removing the sink from sink or swim starts in process. And it's not just the process in sales. It's a process of improvement. It starts with how he onboards, but he also has a process for how he does ongoing. I loved how he talks about fully immersing people in every part of what they do. That reading about things, watching videos, listening to things are fine, but going live is totally different. And then if you can do live the right way, it creates enthusiasm. It was really meaningful to me to hear how people are in a 90-day ramp period, want quota faster. You know, they're, they're going live and they're, and they're coming back saying, I'm ready, let's do this. What was interesting about list thinking about the impact of full immersion on both ongoing and onboarding is the role that he talks about with metrics. He mentions that metrics are not for micromanagement. And I, I wrote that down. That was interesting because I believe it's one of the biggest mistakes we make as leaders. Being metric driven is absolutely important, but we can't allow it to be micromanagement. If it's just about the number, you're going to fail with it. And you're going to have people just report what they think you want to hear. What, I think the better use of metrics is, is for mapping. Metrics are not for management. Metrics are for mapping. 
We use metrics to create a clear, well-lit pathway to success. And as a result, what we'll find is people don't do things begrudgingly. People do things being really excited and fired up. And that came through loud and clear to me today. And I believe that's one of the reasons why is they understand with clarity what they have to do and metrics help them know if they're on the map or off the map. Now that's led to number two. He has done some interesting things with team. Uh, there are a number of cultural things I wrote down as I listened to the interview again. And he has a culture of sharing. You probably noticed how they share best practices. They share what they would do. They share ideas. They share opportunities. They have a culture of improving. Uh, whether you're the newest rep or you're the most seasoned, most successful, they actually said we're not naive enough to think that we got this. We're always trying to say how do we go next and how do we improve. And this focus on improvement, not because you suck, but because we are here to help you get as good as you possibly can, has led to amazing levels of engagement. Number three, team selling. This concept of team selling being the norm and not just for must-wins has absolutely fueled a culture in there that's contagious. And it's led to a, another culture, a culture of celebration. Uh, last week, Ralph Barcy talks about people going where they're celebrated, not tolerated. Uh, the, the better your team focus and your team environment, the easier it is to find ways for celebrating things more and more often and finding ways to feel like they're part of something big rather than they're just on their own hoping they can win. The result of his focus on team has absolutely created an environment of enthusiasm and excitement. And I hope you caught that. The thing that I think that, that uh, Robert's done that was most interesting to me was his authenticity. At the end when I said any final thoughts, he immediately went to his really focus is his desire to see the individuals win and the team succeed. That's not talk. I mean, that's just who he is. And, and his desire for his team and his individuals is greater than his self-serving desires for financial or professional gain. And that comes through in everything he does. It comes through in how he interacts with them. It comes through in what he provides for them. It comes through in how he talks about them. If you think about the book that he suggested, it was called Creating Passion-Driven Teams. And so I hope that you can look at that because Robert said more than once, that they take it serious, their responsibility to exhaust all efforts to help make someone successful. And I want you to challenge yourself. Have you exhausted all efforts to making sure that you have a swimming approach and you take that sinking option out by fully immersing people, creating this culture that leads to celebration and team success rather than individual accomplishment by because you are so authentic in your leadership? I hope you do that. I hope that you uh, find today's blueprint with these three things simple, uh, actionable, and I hope it fires you up as it did me. And with that, I, ch I would advise you to connect with Robert, uh, leave us feedback, let us know how we're doing. We want those ratings. We want those uh, feedbacks on the podcast. Tell your friends, share it with your colleagues. And as always, we'll remind you, don't worry, just execute. Happy selling, and we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at www.salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exvoyant, the modern sales leadership platform for Salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at www.exvoyant.com.